previously on Woman to Woman. It's really funny sometimes because sometimes the kids are so, well, most times they're really silly. And uh, that's, to me, that's, um, that's a test of how comfortable they are with you. When they can, they feel free to, to um, say and do and be them. free to be them is because of the way you're relating with them but when they they feel like you don't like them they're they gonna try to be somebody else they're gonna try to do whatever they need to do to be somebody that you like so you have to spend that time talking to them and letting them talk to you letting them question you as well as you questioning them that all of that process has to is part of teaching them how to think through think through problems and that's what discipline is about, is you're teaching them to just think through problems. Ask them, what do you think about this? Do you think I'm, I'm too strict with this discipline? Do you think I'm not? And why? Just ask them. Because you, you want, sometimes you don't really need to answer from them. Sometimes you just need them to um, start the thinking process. And if that's the most important thing to them, that's the quickest way to start. If they think that, that they're going to be able to talk you out of discipline, they're going to be very talkative. They're going to try to. <laughs> so you're going to learn a lot. So you need to take, take the time to just talk to your kids and let them allow them to talk to you. Now, when I say talk to you, I'm not saying talk back to you because that's a totally different thing. But talk to them. Make it a two-way conversation and just instead of just a one-way conversation. A one-way yeah. conversation, you don't know that they don't learn nothing. They learn in a two-way conversation. Because if they don't understand what you're talking about, they're not learning anything. And the only way you're going to understand that they, you're going to know that they understood what you talk about is you let them talk to you about what you said. And, you know, that's something that we can do with God. Now, we can't talk God out of his word or what he said, but he will let you, you know, talk it through with him and be honest with yourself. Where you can locate, I don't know about you, but there's times that I've talked things through with God and I, I, you know, I can recognize my problem before he has to say anything because I heard what I said and it didn't make sense. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> um, so, you, you know, you just have to talk things out with each other. That's our responsibility as, as parents. Absolutely. Amen. So I think we were, we were ready for question three. My husband and I are seeking to raise our daughters to be confident women of God. My oldest is almost 15 years old and actively involved in church, sports, and loves to read. We're quite proud of the young woman of God she's becoming. But as much as her father and I have shielded her from the evils of this world, she is still being exposed to so much on a daily basis. My mom told me I'm raising my girls to be naive to the ways of the world. We don't allow them to attend sleepovers, but we do allow them to attend social gatherings of families we know well. They don't complain at all. How do we find the balance of protecting our daughters and not being too overbearing and protective? Um, 
in this world and in this time, there is no such thing as being too overbearing and protective. One of the things that I ask parents is why would you want your child to be open to trauma? <laughs> you know, because when you, when you, Amen. you decide, well, okay, you could go to this party or you could spend the night over this per person's house or whatever, and you don't know those parents, you don't know what's going on now. You have just subject your child to trauma. And you know how hard trauma is to get over as an adult? How hard do you think it is as a child? So your responsibility is to protect your child. God is overprotective. He just, he just put all his stuff in writing. And we have rules that we're supposed to follow. And a lot of people will look at that, he, he's just overbearing. But no, look at what he's protecting you from. And that's the question. What are you protecting them from? And you said, you, asked, you answered that in your, in your question. Is this world is just so out of control. And, um, and then somebody's going to tell you that you need to let your child experience it more. You know, there you can experience it or you can learn from instruction. And, you know, some of us decide to learn from instruction. Um, I was I read when my kids were little, I read stories to them out of the newspaper. I chose to, to make them not naive, but I did it in my own way. I wasn't going to do it by the world's way. You know, they think, OK, for in order for your child not to not be naive, you must expose them to all the evils of the world. No, you don't. God doesn't expose us to evil. We put ourselves in situations of evil. But we've been told to stay away from things and not to be involved in things. But we choose to do something different. But you, you know, your children at the ages that the, the oldest is just 15, you're there. I don't see you doing anything wrong. You know, um, our kids went to uh, uh, private school all their lives. And um, then they went to Bible school. My, my, uh, my son went right to Bible school out of high school. Uh, Pastor Michelle went to high Bible school after one year of college. And Pastor uh, Minister Christina went to Bible school right after high school. And um, that's what they chose to do. It was their choice. It wasn't our choice. So what our job was to make sure that they were equipped with everything they needed to make the right choice. And uh, just because people think that being equipped means you have to let them experience the evils of the world doesn't mean that that's what you have to let them do. They don't have to experience the evils of the world if they follow instructions. It's the same way with us. There are so many things that we experience that we shouldn't have experienced if we have followed the word of God. And when we choose not to follow the word of God, then we open ourselves up to those evils. Um, but the world is going to be what the world is going to be. And um, because they, it's the same devil. Um, but you know what? We have the same God. And our God is so much better than anything that's in the world. And he will protect us from what's in the world if we stay up under 
his shadow. And um, a lot of people don't agree with that. They, they're like, you should be able to do what you want to do. Well, everybody has to make their right choices because you know what? It's your God-given right to choose. But your job as parents is to bring your children up in the admonition of the Lord so they'll choose the right way every time. And nobody's going to agree with you about that. What's the strong agreement is what you and your husband decide to do and what you agree on and bring your girls up in the way that they need to, uh, that you believe that they need to be um, brought up. And they'll be all right. I agree with everything you said. I uh, want to point out the person who asked the question said that um, her kids are not complaining. So it sounds <laughs> like your kids are not complaining that they're too sheltered. If your kids are thriving and growing and enjoying yep. life, there's really nothing to address. Yep. Um, it's important as parents, we have to remind ourselves, people are always going to have an opinion. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we want everyone to agree with our parenting choices, but everyone will. And that's yeah. okay. We have to be okay with that. We can't allow someone else's opinion to change how we do what we know is right for our mm -hmm. own household and for our own kids. Um, Pastor Deborah, you... Um, taught a class that I was in in Bible school and in that class you talked about sleepovers I will never forget because mm -hmm. I was single and I had no children yet mm -hmm. and you were talking about how you did not allow your kids to do sleepovers and I remember thinking man that is so extreme mm -hmm. I'm not gonna do that I'm gonna and I sense God saying no you need to do that no sleepovers for your kids either mm -hmm. <laughs> And, you know, we don't do sleepovers. We don't do things like that. Now, listen, it's important to remember your children might not agree with the level of protection you provide, but you're still responsible to provide that protection. Yes. Okay. A lot of people don't agree with that whole do not fornicate, flee fornication. But mm -hmm. that is a protective measure because yes. God knows what fornication leads to. It yes. leads to a lot of problems. And he's trying to spare us that. So he warned us with his word. Mm -hmm. The best way we can protect our children is with our words, teaching them. The only way they need to be exposed to the world right now while they're minors is through teaching. Yeah. Not through yes. experience. Experience right. is not always the best teacher because it creates trauma, as Pastor yes. Deborah was just saying. And some people, it takes 30, 40 years to heal from trauma. Some people yeah. never, hear, never heal from heal. their trauma. And so... You expose them the way she said. You let you sit down and watch the news with them. Turn it off and then talk about it. You know, this whole mm -hmm. LGBTQ AI plus community stuff. I bought a magazine about it. I sat my kids down and we talked about each gender. Each there's like 30 mm -hmm. something genders. I've lost track of how many genders there are now. We talk about that stuff. I ask them questions. I allow them to talk to me freely. We do it as a group yes. and we do it individually. Mm -hmm. Me with them alone, their dad with them alone, us as a family at the table. It's important to expose them to this yeah. is what's going on in the world. And now this is what God says about it. Yes. That way they're learning how to apply the word to society yeah. and to real life. They mm -hmm. don't just hear it as ancient stories about David killing Goliath. What does that mean to me now? What yeah. is my Goliath? How do I apply that to me now? Mm -hmm. Let's look at current events and see how this relates to scripture. That's one of the best things you can do as a parent yes. is show them that this book is not antiquated, is not old. It will work in 2021. 
It will work 20 years from now. It will shield you in college. It will protect you. It will keep you. It has kept me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And even like last year, all those riots and things going on, we let them see that stuff. And now let's look at what the Bible says about dissension, yes. disorder and authority. What does God say about it? Mm-hmm. And have those real discussions with your kids. But please do not be moved by someone else's opinion. Right. Let them have their opinion, but their opinion should not govern how you run your household. Yeah. Total agreement. Total agreement. Because nobody's going to agree with you. You just make sure that you're in agreement with God. That's what's important, is that you make sure that your agreement is based on what God said and not based on what's happened to somebody else. Um, Absolutely. I see so many people are just saying, what's, well, so-and-so went to church and this happened to them. What does that have to do with God? That has <laughs> absolutely nothing to do with God. That has to do with their choices. Right. And the only thing you can blame God for in that, if anything, is that he gave him right to choose. <laughs> right. God would allow you to go to heaven. I mean, go to hell if that's what you choose to do. You know, because he, those, that's one of the things that he set out as, his, as a principle is that you had the right to choose. He put life and death in front of you. You choose. And what, if you choose the wrong way, that is not on God. That's on you. So when it comes to your children, you have to choose what you're going to do with them, how you're going to follow God, what it means to you, and, you, and teaching them what it means to them, what life without God is, and let them make that choice, you know, because we, we want them to make choices without knowledge. Mm. You have to, as a parent, give them the knowledge. So that they know that they're making the right choice when they make it. A lot of us, we, we want to discipline our children, but they have no knowledge on what they should have done. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it goes to the previous question. We never allowed them to talk. Oh, I didn't know you meant that. You know, and you, you preached to them and told them whatever, but they had no, no idea that you were talking about that area. You have to be open with your kids and tell them what you're talking about. I mean, I read my, we read newspaper articles to our kids about, you know, uh, shootings that was happening back then. And it was always the innocent bystander that mm-hmm. got shot. Always the innocent bystander. And one of the things we would tell my kids is you would never be the innocent bystander on our watch. You know, if you decided to do something later on when, you know, as an adult or whatever, it's not because you didn't know. You know, mm-hmm. if you want to rebel against God and against us then that's, that's your God-given right. You don't have to do that. But if you do it, God will protect your right to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to let them know that. You know, I don't know how we expect to open them up to uh, all the stuff that's going on in the world and then they're going to make the right decision. They're not going to make the right decision on it. They're gonna, that's just confusing your child. Especially if right. they're not open to talk to you. So we, you know, we, we, we have to become active in what happens in our child's life all the time. Ask them questions, encourage them to talk to us. We have to become their friends. And, you know, there's a time where, you know, I, we told our children, I can be, I told my children, I can be your mother and your friend, or I can just be your mother. It's your choice. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, you know, and then let them know that they have a choice in the matter. 
What do you want? You want me to be your mother and your friend or just to be, because I can't be your mother and not your friend because that's mm -hmm. my first responsibility is to be your mother. But I can do this and be your friend too. But it's up to you. Yes. Yeah. That's how that mutual respect yep. uh, is created. That's yep. so good. Um, yeah. They need to know, like, listen, I will turn into your enemy if you want me to, but really, mm -hmm. I would love to be your friend. Parenting yep. should be enjoyable and your childhood should be fun. You should mm -hmm. enjoy your childhood. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I'm called to protect you. I'm called to prepare you for life and mm -hmm. to provide for you. That's it. I need to protect, prepare, and provide. And, you know, when you're grown, you get to choose how you want to live. But while you're here, these, this is what I get to choose. To I get to choose exactly. while you're here. <laughs> I get to choose. I have told my children, they know that frontal lobe in the front of their brain is not fully developed until they're about 24 years old. Yep. That is why God gave us parents, because the frontal lobe is the part of the brain that helps us to understand consequences for our actions. Yes. Kids don't naturally have that, you know? Right. And so that's why you and I are in their life to provide that safety right. net of, hey, let me inform you of what the consequences of eating like that every day are or hanging out with those kind of people are. Yep. Let's see what the Bible says about it and let me show you in the news or some real life experiences too of yep. what what you can see and and they will learn to respect you if you also respect them i think sometimes adults act like we don't need to respect or we don't have to talk to children in a respectful way or treat mm -hmm. them in a respectful way we can just talk the menial kind of way treat the menial kind of way like you said earlier disciplining them when we're angry mm -hmm. venting our frustration and sometimes we talk to them in ways we would never dream of talking to an, an, another adult that way yeah and then we don't realize if we do that repeatedly, we are damaging our own relationship with our kids. Yes. Um, we want to sow seeds into them that we will reap when they're adults. Mm -hmm. So it's important, you know, be their mom, try to be their friend. If they are in a rebellious streak and you can't also be their friend and be their mom, that's more yep. important, like Pastor Deborah said. But at the mm -hmm. end of the day, um, it's your responsibility to parent them, not somebody else's. Don't let right. their opinion run you. Yep. Don't be concerned, so concerned about your, your kids liking you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because oh you, yeah. Pastor Deborah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, but you, go ahead. Girl, schools. Oh my gosh. So we moved, you guys. We relocated. We're about 30 minutes out from where we used to live. We lived in our old neighborhood for 15 years. Our kids went to private Christian schools all mm. their lives until God told me to move our firstborn out and put her in an art school. So we put her in an art school for three years. That was a little interesting, mm -hmm. but we knew she was supposed to be there because it's what God said. So that kept us. And the other three were in Christian schools, right? So we moved. Didn't have time to get them in the, in the real good Christian schools. We're number 100-something on the waiting list, right, mm -hmm. for those charter private schools. So our kids went to public schools. Lord have mercy. They've <laughs> only been in public school for about three weeks. And they are experiencing things they have never experienced in their entire life. Mm -hmm. And this just goes back to exposure. Our kids are already exposed to a bunch of stuff through the internet and media yeah. and TV and all that music. They're exposed to a lot anyway, yes. and they're meeting other friends. So they're exposed to things through other kids. But to literally sit them in a place all day mm -hmm. long from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. or whenever your kids get out of school where they're surrounded by profanity. Yeah. They're surrounded by fear, unbelief, 
uh, they're invited to stuff and, and introduced to things they probably would never know nothing about. This is not fun for us. And it's yeah. interesting because our kids keep coming home like, man, all the boys did was cuss all day. And my eight-year-old is saying this, not my teenager. I'm like, wait, the boys are cussing at seven to eight years old? Yeah, mommy, I don't understand. And I'm like, I don't understand either. So if you want to expose your kids to, to nonstop profanity all day long, yeah. and you think that's fine, more power to you. But I don't. We are actively looking for new schools, and we are uh, making that adjustment immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Exposure is important. Yes, Very it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, expose them to things that will develop their gifts and talent. Yes. We don't have to expose them to evil. In the Garden of Eden, mm-hmm. there was a tree of knowledge of good and evil. God told them not to eat of it. And I believe he wanted to teach them and walk them through that process. He didn't want them to experience it without him. That's yeah. what I believe. And when they experienced it without him, death came into the earth. We don't want death coming into our kids' lives yes. because they experience things before they are mature enough to handle it. Yeah. Yeah. And the devil is still doing the same thing that he did in the Garden of Eden. And that is he's mm-hmm. trying to get you to question God. Yeah. And when he can get you to question God, he's pretty much got you. Unless you can just stop in mid, in mid sentence and say, oh, wait, what is that going on? But, you know, when, once he gets in there, he's going to go deeper and deeper and deeper. And you have to stop him at... You know, at the roots. And God, the reason that's in the Bible is for us to learn that. Mm-hmm. You know, and for us to take the time, this time, and, and we haven't even learned that. We haven't learned that God made us in his image. And what he did on create on uh, in creation, we should be able to do with our circumstances, with our life, with our atmosphere. Because we made in his image. And that means that whatever he did, we could do. We haven't learned that yet. You know, uh, you know, we have to, we have to, you know, I had an incident, incident yesterday where um, uh, my husband and I went out to dinner before church. And after we finished dinner, we were sitting there talking and here comes this bee. And this bee is just going around all our food and stuff. So my husband picks up his napkin and I look at the bee and I said, you got to go. And the bee left. And my husband said, it's a good thing he listened to you, but he was about to die. <laughs> but, you know, that's something that, that God put in us. That's what dominion is. Yeah. Is you don't allow that stuff in your presence. It has to go. And if you're in somewhere today where they, where they own, where they're supposed to be, you need to leave and get out of that presence. But if they're around you and everywhere I go, it's anointed territory. You can't be here. You got to leave. Um, and you got to work on that because God said he has given us dominion and, uh, bees don't just leave because you, somebody spoke to them, but when you have dominion, they got to obey you. Yeah. yeah. And so you have to just make sure that you are in the right place and that you, that you're in dominion over these people or these things, uh, not the people you're not, you don't dominate any people. That's <laughs> But you you take your dominion. You don't, you know, you know, when I first started doing this, I was like, you heard what I said. You got to leave. Leave. You know, I don't go through all that now. You got to leave. It don't make no sense. How difference how long you decide you're going to want to fly around and act crazy. You can't stay here. I don't have to right, go. Right. I don't have to go into this other all this other stuff. I said leave. You get up and scream and holler at the bee. 
that that ju you just prove you don't have dominion. <laughs> you know, because uh, it doesn't take all that. Just just do what God said. Take dominion. You gotta leave. You know, and leave it alone. Go keep talking. Keep having your conversation, and He's got to leave. He can't stay there. Amen. So you have to learn how to learn how to do that, and um, protect again. Protect your children. Of course, as they get older and stuff, they'll learn how to do it themselves. Uh, and they learn they'll learn what they, where they can't be, where they need to leave. But our number one one of our number one jobs is our children, and teaching them how to hear the voice of God for themselves. Because mm -hmm. God, as Erica said earlier, God always warns. And nobody is really in a place where, where God didn't speak to them. They didn't hear them because they had so much going on. And mm -hmm. they're listening for their head. When God don't speak to you in your head, he speaks to you in your spirit. So you have to know the difference. And you have to know when it's God speaking to you. And not just, oh, well... That's just me. No. <laughs> so you have to, and that's our job is, is teaching our children how to hear from him, how to hear from him. And if we don't show ourselves hearing from him and acting on his word, then they won't. Mm -hmm. So it's important that we, we, you know, we just get busy doing what God taught us to do and told us to do and stop doing all this, stop being distracted by these things that don't make any difference. You know, yeah, it's nice to have your own set of friends and whatever, but not at the expense of your children. Amen. You cannot do it at the expense of your children. Praise God. Amen. Um, the other thing, though, that I want you to address again, because I thought it was really important, is when you talked about the, the children's lobe um, brain. Oh, the frontal um, lobe. Yeah. The frontal lobe not being developed. And, um, you know, and it's amazing nowadays what they're saying that we need to let children decide. They don't have the ability to decide because they don't know. the. You cannot make a legitimate decision when you don't know the consequences. Yeah. But yet, I mean, yeah. It's astounding, Pastor Deborah. They are allowing four-year-olds to determine their gender now. And yeah. there are some states that are passing laws where adolescents as young as 10 years old can start getting different hormone therapies without their parents even consenting to it. It's mm -hmm. alarming because, you know, I have a five-year-old, an eight-year-old, um, 12-year-old, and 13-year-old, and you all know this. You've seen little kids. Mm -hmm. They will be a butterfly one second, and the yep. next minute they're a mermaid, and then they're a pirate, and then they can fly within yeah. the same day. Yeah. And um, they're letting children that young yeah. say, I was born in the wrong body and I need to change. And what's missing from these homes are strong parents. Parents who say, sweetheart, it's okay for you to feel that way, but we don't make decisions based on feelings and emotions. Yeah. We make decisions based on truth. God's yeah. word is truth. And this is the truth right here that you were fearfully and wonderfully made, that he makes no mistake. And if he put you in this body, in this yeah. gender and in this ethnicity and in this family, it's because he knew that you could fulfill your purpose best yes. the way you were made, the way he made you. Yep. And it's important to reiterate truth to our kids because we yep. live in a world where truth is just whatever you want it to be right now. And you can change it at any point. Right. And that's just not 
accurate. It's yeah. wrong. And it leads to sin. But yeah, we have to remember our kids cannot make those decisions for themselves. They're not physically equipped to do it. They don't even have that part of their brain. Yeah. <laughs> it's not there. And it won't be there until they're in their early 20s. Some people say yeah. as late as 24 years old. So you think about it. Your kid has probably graduated from college. Yeah. And they still might not even have their full brain yet. Yes. So they still need us, even as advisors, not um, commanders and overseers when yeah. they're in college, right. but as advisors, they're still going to need sound wisdom. Mm -hmm. And by then, hopefully the word of God has been hidden in their heart so deeply yeah. that when they are tempted to make those wrong choices, the word is what rises up. That's why yeah. it's so important to put that in them when they are in your home so that when they get out of your home, what was put in them will give yeah. birth to a good harvest. And so many times what the, the reasons why um, we as Christians, not just the world, but as Christians allow this to go on is because maybe we had somebody in our family like that. So mm -hmm. to, to approach it with truth would be too harmful to our family. But the truth yeah. of the word is the truth. And God created you. And he created you male and female. He didn't create you with other pronouns like they or it or them, yeah. you know, and all that other stuff that they want to say. Um, he, didn't, he didn't create no trans people. He created male and female. Yeah. He knew exactly what he was doing. And there is no production between trans. <laughs> there, you cannot have a production in the earth, a fruit in the earth. Uh, uh, children. So, and one of the reasons why we're here is because God wanted a family, that which means he wanted mm -hmm. you to produce offspring so he will have more of a family. Now, um, you know, when we get to the place where we feel like, well, God made a mistake. No, God didn't make a mistake. And sometimes we want to say, yeah, God made a mistake with you, but actually he didn't make a mistake. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> uh, but uh, he does. He didn't make a mistake. He made everybody has the right to make that choice of what they think they may be. But that don't mean they right. Exactly. And um, so you have to protect your children. And until we get up, we, we stand up and become a united front on who our God is. And that we believe him and we trust him. And it's more of us than it is to them. That, but we're divided. You know, when you're sitting there and you're, you know, I just read in the newspaper where there, there was a church uh, on Canada that just came out and they fired their transgender pastor who decided oh. that, you know, after he got uh, or she got a pastorage, I don't know what, what it was because their pronouns are all messed up. Uh, they decided they was transgender and they responded with, well, if you're going to pastor a church and you can't agree with our founder, well, God, how are you going to pastor us? Yeah. I mean, it's just common sense. <laughs> you know, we have yeah. a right. And I'm not like, just stop paying tithes. <laughs> but they don't want to destroy their church. But, uh, you, know, we, you know, you can't you can't be our leader. You know, our leader says he made male and female. You're not sure what you are, so you can't follow our leader and you can't lead us. Right. Now, Canada has, you know, it, it's amazing to, to watch and see how this plays out in Canada because 
they don't allow you to preach any of this stuff. Um, and, no, and hate speech. They call yeah, it hate speech they call it hate speech. Mm -hmm. And this, it, this is now. This is very important. I want you, if you don't hear anything else in this program, I want you to listen to me right now, women. You know, you're going through these jobs and all this, and they're telling you that you got to do these pronouns and whatever. I'm what I am going to say to you is: do not put your place, do not pit yourself against God. Do not agree with the world against God. You need to find out what God says about these manners, and you need to use those pronouns. Oh, uh, you know, it's it's just. Sometimes we might just have to get, we might have to go to extreme. I, I read the other day about um, a parent went to the school meeting and said, if you are force us to go with these pronouns, I'm going to make you call my kids king and queen, and you're going to call me master. <laughs> <laughs> so, what? you know, yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, that's how extreme this can get. But, you know, that makes people think because they ain't thought about that. They just thinking about what well, somebody said to me this morning, all these alphabet people. Because uh, <laughs> you can't remember all these alphabets that th these people want you to go through. The only alphabet that matters to me is what God said. F-E-M-A-L-E -E and M-A-L-E. <laughs> uh, so you have to do not, do not put yourself against God. Do not allow them to make you come out against God because then you are in a dangerous place when you do that. Now you make yourself an enemy of God. And I don't think any of you want to be an enemy of God. What God says is true and everything else is a lie. Period. They want to call it hate speech, and, and it, but it's not hate speech. It's the truth. The other thing is that Stop talking about what's a conspiracy theory and what's not. You know, the world, say, the world says that the Bible is a conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. Never, uh, never get onto a phrase, a phrase that's being said that's already attacking what you believe. Don't participate in that. Do not participate. You can't, a conspiracy theory... A theory is just something that somebody believes is different to you. That's all. That don't mean it's a conspiracy. Mm -hmm. So uh, just watch what you say. Your words are important. So you need to watch what you say, how you use your words. Do not let them, your words be different from what God has said. Don't let people put words that is attacking God in some way in your mouth. Put your words on what God has said and don't move from it. I love it. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Um, I don't know if we had another, I don't think we have another uh, question for today, but I want to tell you thank you for joining us for today's episode of Woman to Woman. And we will see you next week. Erica, thank you so much. Questions you've had about dating, marriage, and friendships have gone unanswered. 
This book will put these questions to rest and put you on solid ground in your interpersonal relationships. Do you want to learn how to navigate successfully through life's changing seasons with its crossroads and uncharted waters? Find the information you need for a happy journey in establishing godly relationships through marriage and family. Order your copy today 